Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a dissection of social and cultural issues relevant to gay men. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or join our community on Facebook by searching The Gays Are Revolting. And support the show and access all of our after shows and live streams at patreon.com slash gaysrevoltingpod. Hello, lovely boys. How are you? I wish we were... We're being in the studio. We're back on. Yeah. We're back online. Back on house arrest. <laughs> there's the no, second wave happening. Scary times for us Victorians. Bloody yeah, hell, yeah. being segregated from the rest of Australia. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say thank you to everyone at the LGBT community for for being so articulate. And did you guys see that Britney Spears? Britney Spears? Video? <laughs> <laughs> you guys what articulate everything. Yeah. You I know, do. and people are like ripping her apart. Oh it's so God. funny. She's so random. It is true, though. We she's articulate like, everything we do. Yeah, she's on something. Her eyes are crazy. <laughs> I love it. The four so of us funny. created a podcast just so we could further articulate the so things that, that we, we could do. Encourage gays to better articulate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I oh, wasn't boy. in the show last week because I had some uh, dental issues and I ended up uh, having my tooth pulled out. So uh, I've been living the high life on um, Panadol oh, like and literal codeine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you oh, high as a yes. kite right now, Mikey? Yes. No, I thought I would be sober for the episode tonight. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Give our fans what they want. Yes. Teeth. Teeth. Give Just the in teeth. an envelope. So a lucky Patreon subscriber will get the tooth that was removed. Anyone that signs up to our Patreon at the $30 tier receives one of my You're going to start teeth. pulling teeth. No, <laughs> oh, gross. Ew, no one wants that. Oh, my gosh. I've been balls deep in The Last of Us 2. It is so good. Oh, yeah. It is so, Kyle. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say balls deep in a game about a Whoa. teenage girl. Jesus. She's not a teenage girl. She's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh. No, but it's so cool to see like a triple A game, like a like mainstream game, yeah. and it's like centers around like a lesbian relationship, mm. and it's like super gay friendly in a post apocalyptic world. It's really really cool. I was exploring yeah. it. I was exploring like an abandoned bookstore the other day in it, and there was like gay flags and like 
like gay erotica novels like strewn all over the place. I'm like, this is the best. So good. <laughs> Here's a question, yeah. Kyle. Do you avoid killing the dogs in The Last of Us Part Two? <gasps> So this is a moral quandary. Oh, yeah, well, look, I have to kill them. It's horrible. I felt so bad. Oh. I did it for the first time yesterday, and oh. it did not sit well with me. But mm. at least they're not cats. Fair enough. Any, <laughs> yeah, no. any gamers out there that listen to our iPod, um, mm. definitely go online on Metacritic and stuff like that. Support games that promote yes. content. Yeah. Um, Can I say, yeah. Being review bombed on Metacritic purely for having. It's so upsetting. I see it happen so much on my Facebook feed and stuff. And then people, I guess, as a mean kind of thing they do, they laugh react to like anything yeah. with like a gay related like uh, game or something like that. Mm. And like, yeah, they're just trying to like offset and they're saying this game bombed, this game sucks. But like from the critics is getting like 10 out of 10 and stuff. But it like is purely, purely because of their like homophobia, they are like yeah. not enjoying a game that they've like loved before. And it's really frustrating. So I, I make like a big effort to go in and like everything, yeah. like, like love heart everything and mm. kind of just try to outbalance those jerks <laughs> if yeah. we still had the pride react that's what i'd be oh, doing yes Rainbow's remember everywhere. that i have yeah. i have some exciting news from the past mm. two weeks but oh what are you doing i want to make sure you guys be sitting down because you might trip Ooh. over and then it would okay. the rest of the okay. ipod if you're standing up and you fell over <laughs> oh, damn. i have some okay. exciting news in that i am uh sort of dating someone. <gasps> oh, Hello. are you? That's so yeah, exciting. they're real cute. I really like them. Their name, the, uh, I won't say their name. Their name is not. <laughs> this is their address. <laughs> Here's their phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into like actual topics, this is how I know yeah. it's a decent match, right? Mm -hmm. Because we had a cute date and we got oh. quite drunk and mm -hmm. he stayed the night and you know, ooh, ooh adults only. Did it just like pan away, and then you wake up the next morning, like in every <laughs> <laughs> in every family movie? We woke up like Siamese twins. Like his, oh, he was stuck to my back. You know what I mean? Um, it was lovely. But then I was doing a live stream the next hmm. night, and I forgot it was a live stream. So obviously, I get up on the microphone, and and it's like you can have twenty people in bars now. So there's a audience oh, and i'm yeah. like oh my god guys so let me let me be telling you about this guy what i had <laughs> sex with last night let me tell you a story I was was like, let, me, let me tell you what every little detail with this date because i got so yeah, yeah. carried away by the crowd attention i yeah. forgot everything <laughs> streamed and then i went back into the green room and grabbed my phone and it was text oh, no. from him that were like ha 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 i'm watching oh. your live stream bit oh, <laughs> but he took oh, it well <laughs> that's good i mean he took it well the night before too lol jk likes about him yeah that's it yeah, that's common. Anyone that's been in a bathroom in Melbourne knows that I'm a <laughs> bottom. Uh, it's been like oh uh, four or five dates now, and, and we watched Amazing. Murder Chateau. He gave me a hat that says Chemist Warehouse on it, which is... Oh, now that's uh, love. That's, More that's... interesting than that <laughs> mm -hmm. stupid story, though, is later on we'll actually have an interview with George Folks Taylor, and they're doing some pretty queer stuff over in Western Australia. So it's going to be. Wow. I, I love talking to people that are outside of Melbourne, get a bit of a different view. Yeah, it must be nice to be outside of Melbourne at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, for now. our international listeners, Melbourne is in Victoria, and Victoria has gone back in its 
restrictions. Restrictions. Yeah. <laughs> We've become the most infected state in Australia. So. Yeah. So everyone's everyone thinks we're the boogers of this country. <laughs> so we can only have five people in our homes now instead of twenty, whereas the rest of the country can have twenty people. Boo to us. Boo. But um, in this week's after show, we'll also be looking at some ways prostate cancer affects men who have sex with men. Yes. It's yeah. going to be a very interesting talk. I actually learned quite mm-hmm. a bit. Oh my god, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interested to talk about it with you guys. Um, but yeah, I guess let's jump on into it, shall we? In this episode, meat. we're going to talk about there's some trouble brewing. There's some trouble oh, brewing yeah. in Hogwarts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione, she better don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a weird time. The world is in a very strange place. Mm. Uh, we're all going through it, uh, yeah. and it feels like every other day somebody's getting cancelled. Yeah, it really does. So it's been hard to ignore the blatant kind of tone deafness of a Mm. recent tweet published by a formerly beloved J.K. Rowling or J. Now now they call it like J. Karen. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, Karen's become such a thing now. This story actually sort of began last year in in December 2019 for anyone yeah. that was following and it, and and it kind of blew up then but not to the extent mm. of mm. Uh, what's happened in the last few weeks so JK threw a bit of support behind a woman in the UK named Maya Forstater mm-hmm. her job contract was not renewed and was given the feedback that you know she had posted some transphobic comments online and her viewpoints weren't aligned with the 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 you know she just come mm. she lost her, yeah. she basically didn't get renewed because of some um transphobic comments that she made and she took them to yeah. court and she lost well um, good yeah. <laughs> which is talk straight up she lose <laughs> and 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 JK Rowling actually threw support behind this person hashtag mm. i stand with with maya don't yeah. Cut that out of context and make it sound like I'm saying that oh I. Oh my God, Luke! Do you stand with Luke? Luke? What are you Luke? saying? Wow. Don't, don't be doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Somehow this tweet seeped back into the mm-hmm. background of public consciousness. Even in the show when we were talking about Harry Potter a few weeks ago, yeah. remember? And we were all like, "Did mm. she really say transfer? Yeah, did she? Yeah, it's thing? been a few things that's trickled in over time. Like I think once she liked um, a status, and then she claimed that it was yeah. like old age. Like she, just, her finger slipped, and she liked this like transphobic like Twitter yeah. thing, or yeah. like I don't know. But now she's really, really seems to be doubling down. <laughs> well, this is this is more. Like a quadruple down. Uh, yeah. If you take the timing, so what's happened most recently? Uh, a, a few weeks ago, she she shared an article that was about women's rights and and had some correctly inclusive language, and she retweeted it with a, a transphobic statement about how you know what is this? Yeah. There isn't. Wouldn't there used to be some word for for wimble? Oh for yeah. Women? Which is terrible in itself, but the fact that someone with a platform as large as JK neglected to sort of take into context the fact that this was at the height of the the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. It's yeah. during a global pandemic, and it was, I think, the first week of Pride Month as well. Yes, Literally, why make these comments now? Like, if, if you're going to do yeah. it then, you better, like, Expecto Patronum some fucking backlash, JK. <laughs> <laughs> Her Patronus would be a Karen. Is oh, that yeah. what it is? It would. It would be. 
manager. Expecto, yeah. I want to speak to a manager. <laughs> it would be a Karen with a car sitting in front oh, of you, God. not letting you move. That's what it would be. My kids so, can't hear you because they listen to kids bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> calm down, calm down. Yeah. It, it seemed almost inflammatory to make a statement like that at that time. So the internet obviously said, hey, let's calm down here. Yeah. You're being a little turfy. In mm. response, she published on her website a three and a half thousand word essay yeah. that was full of common turf rhetoric. Uh, what is an interesting can of worms, worms that has opened up from this, uh, uh, because a lot of the statements in her essay were saying, you know, calling me a turf is sort of this hate speech that you're throwing towards me and, yeah. and throwing towards women. And a few nights after that essay was published, I was sitting at a bonfire with one of my closest friends who is like, and an, who's taught me the world. I've talked about it a few times, Ilona, who's taught me the world about feminists, feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, she's yeah. a third wave feminist. And the interesting thing was hearing about how common uh, turf ideas are, particularly in Britain and in the UK. And within a certain demographic of people, which is this slightly older female demographic. Have, have either of you seen the weird article about the pond, the dipping pond in the UK? No, no. It's bizarre. So it ties into this quite well. It was, I think, a few years ago, a uh, trans woman had used, they have these dipping ponds. They're like, you ever see the, the movies where people jump in the snowy water and they... But mm-hmm. they're gendered, yeah. so there's like a men's one and there's a, a women's one, and they're quite affluent there for, for the sort of middle to upper class to use. Yeah. And they kicked up quite a stink because someone that to them was presenting as quite male was using the female pond, and it got blasted all over their tabloids, their oh, newspapers. They wow. actually did a protest and dressed as men and... Oh, went into God. the other things that you would shake your head at and go, I can't yeah. believe how hurtful, damaging, and dangerous these ideas are to widely mm. broadcast. But they did it. They had signs, you know, men should, that's a man in a dress, doesn't belong yeah. over here. And Horrible. it's so strange that a culture can, you know, a, a pretty progressive culture in, in a lot of other ways seems to be quite backwards in a very... Yeah particular area i don't know i do find that so strange because she's always kind of come across as someone who would be quite woke and like very intellectual and smart and like the fact that she like made dumbledore gay and like like put gay characters and stuff in her book so you you would think that and then it seems so weird that she's having such issue with this small part yeah what I think yeah, was starting to read though was that she was just like, Oh, I'm not transphobic. I have a trans friend and oh, I know yeah. this trans person. Yeah. Like we can't give them rights for male presenting trans people to come into a female change rooms and just change their gender marker on their birth certificate so that mm. they're female. And it's like, no, that is not what's happening here. And there's no proof of any of that whatsoever. Just because someone identifies as trans and doesn't want to have 
any surgeries or any hormone therapy does not mean that they're not trans. Like, yeah. you can't stand there and say that oh, all these predators are going to come out of the woodworks now. And it's like, well, no, that's not what's going to happen. Like, yeah. shut and up, then, you close-minded fool. I do, I do like that all the stars of the movies um, are actually talking out about it. Like, Daniel Radcliffe said, like, a really nice long message um, just saying, like, don't let it taint your view on the books and your childhood. Like, like if yeah. you connected anything in the storybook, like, let that be between you and the book. Like, if you thought mm. a character was gay or trans, like, keep that with you. Yeah, because I think a lot of people even getting their tattoos removed and stuff, like the Harry Potter yeah. tattoos. Right. So, so, I reckon. Absolutely. I do have a love for the series that I don't think I can get over because it, it was a big part of my childhood. Well, that's um, fine. And I was, I was reading <laughs> a, a trans person who had a big, quite a big tattoo, and then mm -hmm. saying that they wanted to keep it because the books were such an escapism for them mm -hmm. and, like, the whole thought of, like, Polyjuice Potion really, like, had this big effect on them because they, the thought of, like, being able to just change what yeah. you were, like, on the outside and everything really resonated with them. And so, yeah, yeah I think it's really important to, if you connect in a way like that, mm -hmm. to not do your childhood a disservice. And, yeah. No. So many people came together for it and it, w it wasn't just a her thing. Like, I think it's actually become, like, bigger than her and, like, the cast are all, like, good people. So it's, like, different, I would say, if, like, everyone to do with the thing was, like, yeah. these hateful bastards. But, um, like, they're all good people and so, yeah. I, I, I think the more, the more critical of it, an eye mm. you put towards this beloved series, the shittier it looks. Like, I remember screaming black and blue at people and getting shut down a lot when I said, this is a book that includes one Asian character that's basically named wow. Ching Chong. Yeah, literally. It's literally like a portmanteau of two completely different Asian cultures, Cho Chang, and, yeah. and she's the oh. one. And I went, this, this lady's... This, like she's from this, Scotland. What do you yeah. mean? Like, I, I, I ain't never going to trust a white lady like that. And and mm. I I think the difference too is now it's indisputable where her values and ideas lie. And if you continue to support the work that this she's she's yeah. publishing right now, uh, that is a that's a different look. No story. new media. I'm fine. But uh, yeah, um, childhood memories are childhood memories. But the way these really dangerous ideas can slip through like mm. the f honestly like the first time she tweeted this shit in 2019 is people say but i really love this thing so i'm not gonna mm. think too critically about it because i don't want to tarnish yeah my you know like at the same time and i fully agree and and understand where people are coming from with this we cannot give a free pass or not look at things critically because we have a nostalgic connection because that's what happened in 2019 and she came back tripled down on it and yeah. and if 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 you look at some of the loudest voices of this turf mm. sort of strain you will sort of see the German Greers and and they're all from this exact same demographic of like yeah. their experience is so radically different from our own absolutely uh, that it's so hard as a gay man to come to a middle ground or an understanding of one another of of uh, a woman you know someone yeah. whose whose life has been absolutely different and their experience has been absolutely different so yes people like german Greer have very strong opinions and they're entrenched from years and years of lived experience mm. i'm not saying that it's right i absolutely no. do not agree with anything one of our listeners, James, who's, who we met at Mardi Gras, his incredible shared this post where 
they've started calling it like instead of transphobia, they're calling it mm-hmm. trans antagonism. Okay. Uh, because it's it's, it's less not transphobia, of, it's transphobia. <laughs> yes. It's 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 yeah, less yeah. of an actual fear of of trans men and women. It's an antagonistic we mm. want you out and we will misgender you and we will call you a man in a dress and we will act in a in an antagonistic way mm. that if you treated any other person, let alone one of the most vulnerable and exposed communities in the world, you would say, you're being a bit of a fucking dick. Yeah, um, totally. If anyone went out there and tra- tried to find a police record of a trans individual undergoing any sort of mm. gender assignment in order to gain access to a female public space in order to mm. abuse a woman you wouldn't find yeah. a record of that because yeah, that's, it hasn't that thing, happened. That argument is so strange to me that they think that there's like going to be men in their um, bathrooms yeah. like abusing them and stuff. I'm like, what trans person is going to be in a bathroom trying to make your life hell or like trying to sexually assault you or anything? Like that's the stupidest, stupidest mm. thing I've ever heard. There's just so many claims in this essay that are just factually incorrect. The fact that if she was born 30 years later, she may have opted to become a male because it's an easier lifestyle. And yeah. it's just like, well, that's not what happens with trans people. They're born in the wrong body. It's not just like, oh, you know what? This is too hard. I'm just going to swap gender because it's easier, you know? Like, And yeah. she's saying that all these people are going to start regretting it. And it's like, you can't say these things without the facts. Like, you are just making shit up now. Like, don't make oh, shit so up without facts. Any of our trans siblings that have undergone gender affirmation surgery talk to them about how long Mm. laborious and arduous the process was it is not something it is not like getting a fucking haircut you cannot just on a whim decide because they do actually make a very long process and and Anyone with lived experience in that area will tell you so that that, that that argument is just pure fiction. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Today we're joined by artist, photographer, and activist George Folks Taylor, all the way from, believe it or not, Western Australia. Wow. Thanks for joining us <laughs> remotely Thanks, by the wonders of the internet. 
Thank you. I'd rather stay COVID safe from all of you. Okay. Oh, don't be that way. <laughs> We've got that no hurts beef, George. You and I have no beef. It's oh, South Australia. The oh, the shade. Oh, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, you created the the group Cal Queers, a meetup for LGBT plus people in regional WA. Uh, why did you start this group? Um, a bit out of necessity, I suppose. Like. Uh, we were at a workshop one day and I really had been meaning to create something like Cal Queers for quite a few years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I have like the authority to do this really. Um, mm. And then I was in a room one day and um, the workshop coordinator was like, why is there no group? There's no organization or group or like social group or place or anything in the gold fields for queer people to meet up. Yeah. Uh, why is this the case? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I was going to make a group. I don't know. And she was like, why just, what about just do it? And I was like, yeah, all right. And I had yeah, like two other people it. in the room and I was like, would you join if I made a group right now? And he said, yes. And then a girl said, yes. And I was like, cool, three of us. Excellent. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. It just spiraled from there and, and um kind of exploded pretty quickly, which was mm. really good. Because the demand must have been there. I, I, I'm so happy that you're joining us this week on the show because a lot of our listeners, every time we be doing a live stream, one of the questions that pops up all the time is, "What can I do as a rem- like living in a remote town?" And and you grew up in Kalgoorlie, which is a mining town, thirty thousand people. Um, that's a different experience that Kyle and I don't really have. Mm. What was it like growing up, questioning things like your gender identity, your sexuality? in such a remote area. And I know a lot of our listeners uh, are really keen to hear that voice because they might be experiencing something really similar. Yeah, definitely. And I really didn't realize that being gay was an option really. Mm. And I would Mm. say that with like my mum grew up in London and she is super progressive and my dad's pretty accepting as well. And so I, I wasn't like, I was purposefully hid from queer content or something, but I just saw none of it. I didn't see anyone in Kalgoorlie that I it knew was like Kalgoorlie visually queer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. for me, it was like, it was this thing that I had from a very young, as a very young kid, like I'm not like other girls. Like I mm. didn't understand, but I didn't understand what that meant because I didn't think that I was a boy either. And I wasn't sure why there was like such strict rules about gender and sexuality as well. Like I didn't really understand that. I was like, I didn't, fully understand why there was this order of things and that didn't sit right with me because obviously that's not how I was feeling you know that's it wasn't how I was identifying so I would say like overall it's a pretty conservative place but I would say that the majority of people here are like begrudgingly accepting or like tolerable (laughs) of of queer people amazing way (laughs) (laughs) like definitely the most people would be like oh it's all right as long as you don't sort of see too much of it it's not too flamboyant or something or it's not too overt but and there's definitely you know quite a few people that are real progressive champions here and then there's also a big cohort of people that are very very conservative that sort of don't don't agree with the whole system Mm. yeah like even through high school I went to an all-girls school that was like a really strict thing about gender expression certainly and like sexuality yeah there was like maybe one girl who we all thought might be gay but you know, that was like a bad, it was definitely known as like a, a bad or not good thing. Like yeah. you you would come out with a husband at the end of it and you would be a good girl. Oof, so did you, <laughs> did you feel a bit like a frontier person bringing these like queer <laughs> ideas into Kalgoorlie? <laughs> did you feel like, yeah. you know, the rainbow person at the front of that? <laughs> like, no, I'm bringing but 100%, it in. 
waving my flag, like running down the main street. Um, (laughs) It actually was a bit like that because, like, as I said before, there's, there was no queer group or place like at all. There was no, definitely nothing like visually queer. There's no like shop, which is like a little hippie shop with like a rainbow sticker on the front window or anything like that. Like, so I was like, I literally like was looking around being like, fuck, maybe this is actually up to me. Like maybe I'm the one that has to do this. And we have this thing in, and it's like same as lots of country towns where you have to have kind of been there for several generations to be a real local. So Mm. I was like, I was born in Calgary Hospital and grew up here and like people knew my family. So I was like, maybe that's, maybe I'm in a position of like a white, um, I'm like femme passing you know, I was like, I already had a good standing as like a community member. So I was like, maybe this is my job yeah. to like Use be like the most loud queer person that I can be. <laughs> I love um, that. Without a physical place to meet other queer people, how do you think like having this visible queer group benefits all the residents in small country towns like outside of Calgary as well? Yeah, it's just like um, this sense of, I suppose, not being so isolated, like Kalgoorlie is one of the most isolated cities in the world. I think before Cal Queers was born and before we started having events and stuff like that, you know, I had I knew my queer friends in Cal, a couple of queer friends, and I knew that there's probably a few others that I didn't know. But really we started having events and like the first event, I mean the first event was four people. The second event was heaps. <laughs> the, the second event was like um, I think we had like 35 the second event. Oh, that's great. I think there's like 80 or um, – or maybe even 100 people in the actual group. So, like, for us to even know that there was this much of a community in Kalgoorlie was huge because we suddenly thought, like, if if something ever happened to me in public, chances are there might be someone around who would have my back, which where I previously didn't think at all, like I did not necessarily have the confidence of knowing that someone else would have my back. Even during, and like this is all, like I started Cal Queers after this um, same-sex marriage legislation. So, you know, that was super isolating. And, um, yeah, I think it's just about visibility. It's that sense of community. And, like, we don't have, like, millions of events that we have on, but we've got this Facebook group where people can ask questions and comment on stuff and, you know, share events, like if there's an event that we all want to go to or, like, a new thing we want to try, like someone will post in there, like, let's all go you know, have a beer at, at this at the brewery because they've got a special on or whatever. Like it's like relaxing to have queer friends because they kind of get at your foundation a bit before yeah, you have to sense start of explaining yourself. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the impact it would have or the how granted we take it here in a liberal city like Melbourne, those rainbow stickers on stores, that that's such a like, code i love seeing that that. yeah it's it's such a code that reinforces that hey it's okay just in a very passive non-verbal way it lets a queer person know you're okay you're validated you exist and you exist outside of you know your own personal self and to live somewhere where that level of just visibility doesn't exist full stop you don't have those little visual cues telling you that you were you were part of a community that exists beyond your family or town. And so I think that's, yeah, just really beautiful that, sorry, it's a bit of a tangent, but it just. No, absolutely. No, I'm like nodding along with you, Luke, because you're so right. And when I travel to somewhere like Melbourne or Sydney and there's like queer friendly cafes and like places yeah. to go and like 
there's like a mural, like in Sydney, you know, there's like a mural of like two men both wearing wedding suits. Yeah. Like, and that is like actually feels a bit overwhelming for me to go and to go somewhere like Sydney or Melbourne and have that like very visual exposure to queer culture and like very yeah. prominent and like, like that almost, level of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, of acceptance so that you literally like walking around feeling safe because somewhere, someone somewhere is going to like, is going to have your back and is on your side. Whereas, I mean, I did a, literally another, another thing that I did was like buy a heap of little rainbow flag stickers off eBay, you know, get like 50 yeah. of them and like walk up and down the main street and go into shops and, and ask people if they wanted to put them on because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, and everyone that I asked was, there was a few places that I avoided, but everyone that mm. I asked was like, yeah, we'll put one of these on the window. And I was like, you know, this means that if someone comes in and you think that they shouldn't be looking at the men's clothing, that you just don't make a big deal about it or try and be like, oh, is this for your boyfriend or whatever? Like, I sort of talked to people about it as well, about what it, if they were going to stick it on their window, this is what it means that you have to do. Like you have to be mm. That's great. That's really that good that you actually spoke to them and explained the whole situation instead of just dishing out a whole lot of little rainbows. Yeah. Great. So people, so that you could like walk in and you knew, like you knew that you were going to be even like a little bit, like it wasn't like a full cultural competency course but it was just I mean just any little bit (laughs) yeah Yeah. so so we're gonna sit down for the next six hours because I got a few things that gotta be running through with you yeah training for you I think it's not until you hear it in this context you realize that sometimes the smallest of gestures actually can it goes along change someone's entire worldview in an instant and and that's kind of like blowing my mind Mm. a little bit I mean, yeah. from like handing out little rainbow stickers to you ran a yes campaign for the marriage equality in Kel. Oh, sorry, the pronunciation of your town. <laughs> Kelguli. Okay. <laughs> I'm foreign. Kelguli. Okay. Kelguli. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say you ran a yes campaign for the marriage equality in Kelguli uh, during the plebiscite. Did you? Was it like smooth sailing, or like did you, did anyone kind of put up an opposition? Um, yeah, like, um, and just on the pronunciation, Kal, Kalguli is a local, um, Wangatha word from, um, Galgala, which oh. it means is like a silky pear that's like native to this area. Awesome. I don't think I can say any of those things, <laughs> but okay. I will try. I will try. <laughs> You're doing amazing. You're doing Yay. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, the plebiscite was a really like a terrible, terrible time. And when I like talk, I get so upset when I talk about the plebiscite because for me, like, obviously I'm happy that everyone can marry who they want to marry. Like, I'm stoked about that. I fought really hard for that to happen. But for me, the cost of that plebiscite was too high. Like, the lives that were lost as a direct or indirect result of the plebiscite happening, that process, like, we wanted that piece of legislation to pass, but the process in which it happened was the like I mean there was a massive report that the federal government released afterwards about the impacts on mental health um specifically on LGBTQIA plus people and it was damning the report it was like this was a terrible idea we should never have done it we should have listened to the advice in the first place and like in my circle of people like I heard of five people taking their own lives as a result of and that is Mm. and like I don't even like you know like you hear about like you might hear about that occasionally, but like not that often, like not five people during the plebiscite, which was like a you know three month period, like that's massive. And, and I know that that means that there was like so many others as well. Like, and that's like the end 
point. Like it was just too hard and it was like the same thing again. Like no, no one seemed to be running a yes campaign in the goldfields and I was getting that much shit in my mailbox that was just like not even oh just vote God. no. It was like disgusting stuff. And I was like imagine if little George came home from school one day and found three flies that said you are not worth like your future relationships are not as valid as everybody else's. You're like less as a human being. Mm. And also like even some things that were like you're disgusting and this is like the same thing as bestiality or whatever. But that would have had such a terrible impact on me. So I was like, right, I'm going to put some good letters in the mailbox. And like, yeah. that's what, like <laughs> I was like, there's got to be something. Like we've got to have yeah, some yeah. one voice at least saying, hey, Kalgoorlie, like, if you want to vote yes, it's fine to vote yes. And also we would really encourage you to do that. So mm, that's I why I started it and yeah. and had so many supporters as well, like with um, heaps of different community members. Like there were very, very few queer people that worked on the Yes campaign in Kalgoorlie. It was like largely like super strong allies that were like out flyering for me. We covered like almost every street in Kalgoorlie it on Facebook and stuff as well. And I don't know, you know, there's no way of knowing if that had any impact on the final outcome and our electorate includes like a lot of other towns as well so mm. but, but you, at least I did my best you know yeah yeah probably. but I think the 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 cultural impact that it has is probably undeniable <laughs> and and mm. it's so powerful hearing you speak about that time because it it was a traumatic time and I I think in a, quite a few years down the track we're going to look at the generational trauma caused by putting a discriminated community under a microscope and be debated about because there are so many little Georges and little Kyles and little Lukes out there absorbing the rhetoric that's out there in the world and overhearing conversations between adults saying, I'm not going to vote for yes because they, they're next they're going to be raw dogging my, oh, you know. God. Do you know yeah. what I'm? We hear that and we absorb it and we internalize it, and it has an effect on us 20, 30 years down down the track. And and everything that the LGBT community did during that plebiscite, especially in remote areas where they needed those positive voices more than anything, is incredible. Because what an embarrassing time for our country to look back on. Even though yeah. the outcome we did get a yes, but the cost of it that has had on our community. And the ramifications of the trauma years down the track is definitely, and that, and for me, like that, especially like with um all of our talk about indigenous deaths in custody at the moment, like that makes mm. me just think of, like, because we've I've been having so many conversations with people being like, oh, I'm exhausted about like all this talk about like racism in Australia and like what we need to do to combat it, and you know the Black Lives Matter movement. Like now that we're talking about the plebiscite now and like how traumatic and exhausting that was, it just makes me think about the impact on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians as well, like all the time yeah. though with like overhearing these conversations and fighting for their right to have a vote, to be counted as citizens, like and the, the tr like the impact of those pieces of legislation and conversations years later as well. Like I don't mean to discount the trauma that our community experienced during that, but just to highlight that it's – um. The, these things for us we can have a break in between a little bit yes, sometimes yeah. like at least we have a bit of a break until the next piece of legislation or the next conversation comes out but for most aboriginal australians that the conversation's kind of constant and it ramps constant. up frequently yeah. like yeah yeah it's it's quite a sobering 
thought if 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 you take how it felt for a member of the LGBT community and you extrapolate that feeling out over your entire lifetime yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you 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 get some you know nugget of of how it may like you couldn't even begin but uh the positive side of this is that there are people like George and and there are platforms like our show where we can talk about these things and uh, we can um, be a part of the positive voices out there that hopefully with time get a bit louder than the the people putting disgusting things in letterboxes saying you're not welcome, yeah. you know. Our mm. voices just need to be louder and better and 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 funnier and, you know, we're obviously hotter. But- <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that's what's i think a really cool thing about uh, the world right now is we have these platforms to to amplify our our voices but what's also really cool is you work for the state government of western australia um our show is called the gays are revolting because we are anarchist punks well, I am and (laughs) (laughs) recruit kyle is do you see the like i always love the idea of queer communities being like inside agents do you see that as an opportunity working for state government to actually work from the inside to promote positive change for our communities you know, um, does that yeah make sense? and it- yeah, it does. And I love the way that you phrase it as well because now I feel like I'm a secret agent for queer Oh, my God. People. You're like, like to your the coolest watch. person I've ever talked to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, no, and actually, like, there's been so many things, like, even with, like, HR documents when I first started, um, not having any, like, gender options, like having, like, a box male and female. And mm. all it took for me to get that changed was an email being like, hey, you might want to consider being a bit more inclusive on your gender like you you might have non-binary employees or like people that identify something other than male yeah. or female maybe you should have a blank box there for people to write in like and it was the same it was I was filling out that form at the same time I was no I think it was on there was like an inclusivity and diversity questionnaire so that the they didn't state, include a gender option no and that was like <laughs> do you identify as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander you know to get their demographics of like what their what their employee it was all optional questions mm. Like, do you identify as like as a diverse sexual or gender identity? Please write your name. Please write your gender. M or F. I was like, this is like, <laughs> oh boy, you're kind of doing the right thing, but also you kind of miss the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank God you were there to point it. <laughs> Honestly, thank God for me and my existence. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of what I was going to say next. Um, you, you oh, actually. Yeah. Nom- yeah. I was like, you're actually nominated for the 2020 West Australian Young Australian of the Year. Like, does it feel pretty good to be recognized for the work you're doing? Yeah, Did you have amazing. like an Oscars moment? <laughs> yeah. I was fully prepared. I had like my, I had this like um, blush silk blazer, which was. You got to turn like, a look for this. Oh, right? yeah. She's going to stand out. I'm going to stand up there and I'm going to be photographed next to the governor looking so good. Like, <laughs> I was like, plan this outfit out. But, um, yeah, just so validating, Kyle. Like it was like I think maybe for most queer people but for particularly like from my context of growing up in a small town. Totally, and, like, I never, yeah. I never know if the work that I'm doing is like meaningful or impactful or like worth anything. I'm just like trying to do what I think is the right thing to do and like doing things that I would like to see mm. just mm. before West Australian of the Year and I didn't win WA Young Australian of the Year but I was super happy to be there anyway but right before that um I was named as one of the 30 under 30 
LGBTI role oh, models. And so for a queer, yeah, and, and for a queer organisation to be like, you're doing a great job and we think you're a role model, I was like, oh, oh great, that- because I had no idea. <laughs> like I, I didn't know if this was fine to do because I was just going off my me and my friends' opinions on like, yeah. what we reckon. Yeah. Is it is right definitely nice to get that outside validation instead of being in like your kind of echo chamber <laughs> of friendship group. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, you also, yeah, I think so many of us are trying to do the right thing in an increasingly boundaryless world, you know, mm. <laughs> like we're, mm. we're adapting to and being respectful and learning new concepts all the time now because that's the world and that's a reflection of how life actually is. Like, yeah, and for you guys, it's probably like someone that you meet one day and you say like, oh, I'm one of the people that present um, the gays are revolting and mm. like I love your show or whatever. And for, that's probably something for you guys to be like, oh, great. So like what we are doing is is like worthwhile and we need those little nods and like it comes yeah. from the like such a variety of places and like I've had such great people that have been supportive and stuff but I think it just comes from this like very deep set feeling of responsibility to, especially with Kalgoorlie. I feel like I really don't want to, if I ever get a job, um, you know, well, when I like move on from Kalgoorlie, I don't want to just have been like, oh, I was fucking like, Kalgoorlie was shit. (laughs) Yeah. You want to like leave it like with a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And like I had done something for, the place that I grew up in because it's like it is worth fighting for and I didn't want to I don't want to just leave Kalgoorlie and like have it be the same place that I grew up in because that's not good enough for me for the next kid that grows up yeah. in Cal mm. like you'll absolutely be leaving it better than it was thank mm. you and I, <laughs> I think that's something intrinsically a part of the the queer identity is this sense of responsibility to our siblings and our, our mm. like the people we're passing the torch to we We've all mm. experienced certain traumas to some extent, and I think it it creates a sense inside of us that, hey, for the next generation, I want it to be a little bit easier for you. Yeah, like if and and for for anything, like at a micro or macro level, like that's why I want to work in politics and like get this shit sorted because I understand that as many like as many little pride stickers I can put on the front of shop windows, there's systemic you know, legislative issues that need to change from the top as well, you know, that at some point will these grassroots and these like from the top things will meet in the middle and we'll have like a super progressive and inclusive and, and great society for everybody. So, yeah, my my thing that I say to people always is like, and it's like the same thing, I mean, it's like kind of irrelevant, but this um, woman in Kalgoorlie, we've had conversations for years about there being no public art, like no murals on mm. on walls, everything. Like it's just been this thing that's been going on for ages and ages that there's also no like visual representation of the local Aboriginal people here. And so one day she was like, Parker, I'm going to have a public art festival. I'm going to put some murals on these walls. And, she's like, <laughs> yeah, and we have like 70 murals in Kalgoorlie now. Oh, so good. George is so right. You will surprise yourself if you, yeah. if you have a thought and you have a want and you have a need for something that doesn't exist yet and isn't there, mm. that may actually be the sign that you're the person that needs to yeah, be doing like, it. Or errors <laughs> point to me. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to be the person. And and that's how <laughs> all of these amazing things that we, we look at and that's how the stickers end up in the windows that we look at and point at and go, oh, cool. Yeah. Hopefully people listen to that and we start doing this mm. shit. 
George, it's been a gosh darn delight chatting with you. Um, how can people follow the work you do? Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm an artist as well. So you can um, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Fleck Perry um, for my work account and at G Folks Taylor for my personal account. Um, you can follow me on Facebook as well. I would love that. Great. Amazing. Awesome. Thank Triple you so threat. much for coming in, George. It's been so good chatting to you. Honestly, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for having me and like letting me be part of this. And thank you for your cultural contribution to oh, our community as well. <laughs> it's thank really you. important stuff. Oh. That is our episode for tonight. We had a great little interview and we had a very interesting uh, talk about TERFs and J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter. And stay tuned for our after show that's about to hit. We're going to be discussing prostate cancer and how it affects gay men. Join our Patreon to gain access to that after show. Yes, you should do that. (laughs) Thank you for the people. Give us your dollars. 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 (laughs) Pick up a burger at Hungry Jack's. (laughs) (laughs) Stop giving them free advertisement. Yeah, we are not sponsored. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 How's your tooth? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.